Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. So today, Katina's got an article for us. Do you want to give us a little sneak peek before we chat? Yes. So this is an article that touches on the impact of coworker support on physical health, specifically oh. looking at heart rate variability during the workday. So um, we don't talk a lot about physical health outcomes or as much about physical health outcomes on here. And so I thought it would be interesting to talk about the relationship between the support you receive from your coworkers and actual in the moment uh, physical outcomes. That sounds really interesting. Yes, it is. And it's I'm a little scary to learn. It's a little oh. scary because uh, heart rate variability is apparently important for predicting physiological stuff. So, yeah, I have heard that. Um, I actually worked on a study in college that one of the outcomes is heart rate variability. So I spent like mm. a lot of time looking at heart rate stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to talk about heart rate stuff now. <laughs> oh. Okay, well, before we dive into that, um, I guess I should say thank you for being a supportive coworker because you yes. probably impact my heart rate variability in the positive direction. You are too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Our hearts are so much more happier. <laughs> um, I also did want to talk a little bit about what you did a couple days ago, which is super exciting. Yes. Tell us about tell us, tell us. the retreat. The retreat. Yeah. yeah. I was like, what do you have? <laughs> You're like, what did I do? That's exciting. I was like, um, I don't want to tell you now. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, about the retreat. Yes. Uh, so I went and looked at a site for the retreat and we really, really liked it and it was awesome and I think it suits our needs really, really well. So um, the good news is that we have picked a location for the retreat, which is super duper duper exciting and I think it's kind of the perfect mix of professional but also comfy and funky to generate good creative and innovative thought about people's like paths and goals yay well we can't wait to announce it further once all the contracting is done and you know we've kind of created some more details to share um, in the near future but I think having a location is so great. It's yes. so exciting. I just can't wait for it. Like, I wish I it was agree. happening now. And I feel like it's also helpful because now you can, like, see it in your brain come into life. Like, I feel like now I can, like, picture, like, how things are going to work in this space and the conversations happening. And it just feels like the more real it gets, the more exciting it is. And mm -hmm. it's just a very cool space. I feel like people are really going to like it. I feel like, I mean, I really liked it. Um the woman there was saying that um, people who work there um, and like come into the space and they're like, I just want to live in here. I just like people that visit from like different offices or like, I wish this was my office or whatever, which I think is like <laughs> super helpful um, and just nice in general to be in a space that uh, is so uh, kind of relaxing, but also feels like it has a productive energy to it. Good. Yes, I'm very excited. I mean, yes. I'm sad I couldn't have seen the space too, but I know that your judgment is awesome and everything you've described makes me really happy and really excited about it all. It's going to be Yay. good. It's going to be really good. I'm so pumped. Mm. Ugh. Well, more to come on that. Besides that, um, your Labor Day weekend, how was it? My Labor Day weekend was good. Um, I went to like a retreat. Um, with a friend oh, yeah. of mine yeah so it, it was just me and her so it was more kind of like 
you know, hanging out with a friend, but it was at the beach. It was fun. We did like a sunrise dance class, which was really awesome. And we did some like just a kind of conversation around like life goals and de-stressing. And she makes amazing, amazing vegan food. One of her like pillars of her retreats is um, nutrition. So she does like natural uh, foods and uh, talking about healthy eating. And then she does like natural self-care, like skincare and things like that, which is always like, I'm always less into that aspect of things. So we focus more on like the food and the physical <laughs> aspects of like dancing and uh, exercise, moving and things like that. Um, and then it has like a component of like connecting to nature as well. So it's like connecting to nature, physical movement, nutrition, uh, self-care. Um, and but because it was just she and I, you know, we also just like spent stretches of time just like talking like normally. Um but she made a amazing one -on -one food. Retreat. That's so fancy of you. Yes, <laughs> I know. Um, she made really great food and like taught. She teaches you like how she made it, and you get sent home with like this basket of um like skincare products that she like also makes out of like different vitamins and oils and things like that that she makes like fresh, um, mm. for you to take home. And then um, we yeah we did like dance lesson and a couple other things uh and we walked around a lot we sat on the beach and things like that so that was really nice and then I spent the rest of the weekend with my family at the beach nice how was dancing on the beach with your feet it was fine because it, yeah they're doing better and um it's not like jumping around dancing it's more like getting rooted and like natural movements and things so I think it was actually good like for where I am now in the process um and yeah it was fun and I haven't been up to see a sunrise in a really long time like in an intentional way <laughs> so that was also kind of nice I was like oh this is pretty all right I see why people do this <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah nice well yes. I can't see the sunrise over the beach here, but yes, uh, it's probably for the best for me. I don't have to wake up so early. I can just watch. That the is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, what did you do this weekend? Hmm. What did we do? What did we do? Um, so we on Saturday we were double booked, but they were both fun things. We actually went to Ali, our producer's birthday party. So nice. we spent a few hours there, which is always fun. Um, saw her friends too, and. Um, of course, her pup, which I love. I love Coop. He's the best. Yeah. Um, Donnie's also the best. So I'm not trying to compete. Have the uh -oh. dogs compete with each other. They're it's all great. It's okay. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> but Coop is awesome. So that's always fun, too. Um, yeah. So we went over to her beautiful house and had some fun with them. And then afterwards, we went to um, one of Danny's friends, like, art competition thing. Okay. The digital art competition. It was like a final and he won and it was really cool. Awesome. It's like this really fun event where basically, um, so the company is called Secret Walls and mm -hmm. they do like, like painting events, like on w actual walls. Oh. They do competitions between um, different artists, like teams of artists. But this was a digital one and they were drawing on iPads at an Apple store, which was like super random, but it was really cool because then Apple had, so it's 70 minutes. They have 70 minutes to do some sort of illustration. Hmm. Um, and they're really, really intricate. And um, there's two artists versus two artists. And so he was on a team with this woman named Paloma, who's also amazing. And um, 
And so they've got 70 minutes to do this, but while they're doing it, so you can watch it, like they have it all up on a screen so you can see them creating. But then they Hmm. also have other types of creatives come in um, during that 70 minutes for like additional entertainment. So there was a singer, a poet, a dance crew. Um, So it was really cool. It was just a very creative, fun vibe. Um, So we went to support him after the birthday party so lots of fun there and then we did a boat cruise for brunch the next morning nice um with some friends which was really fun too and then sunday was a little more relaxed or sunday monday the long weekend i was like sunday yeah and you're like what <laughs> <laughs> monday was our chill day of like not really doing much but nice it was a fun weekend overall um that sounds went super by fun. very fast though <laughs> yeah that sounds super fun though that's exciting yeah, you would totally love the like secret walls stuff. Yeah, um, I'm sure I would. Oh, and that's that's something it reminds me. Speaking of things that are up my alley, I saw this like insane live music when I was um, on the retreat, and it was like, oh yeah, you posted it on social media. It right? was on like the best. Li- I was not expecting it at all because it's like random. Like the hotel that we were staying in is like. Uh, like a little Victorian kind of bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, you have to come on Thursday, Friday instead of Friday, Saturday, because they have this like great live music on Thursday. And I think you would really like it. And I was like thinking like, I mean, when I tell you like it's like a tiny little hotel, like their bar looks like someone's living room. It's like so (laughs) tiny. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like not thinking it was going to be like anything. You know, I wasn't thinking it was going to be not good, but like I wasn't thinking it was going to be like mind blowing. And Mm -hmm. It's this group of musicians who are all in other bands at the shore who play in other bands on Friday and Saturday, but they come together on Thursday just like to jam. And it was awesome. They had like so many musicians in one room. They were all amazing. Um, It was all cover songs, but like sincerely, it was like, I was like, I was not prepared for how good I was like mesmerized (laughs) by it. I thought we were going to stay for like three or four songs. I like sat there for two hours. (laughs) I was like, I can't stop watching this. Yeah, no, it was awesome because I really like live music and I was like, just, I Mm -hmm. was just so pumped about it. Yay. Well, that's awesome. That's, I mean, you posted about it. They sounded like they were awesome. They were awesome. They were so good. I was like, I'm so impressed by this like random, it was like a random band in like a little Victorian bed and breakfast in Cape May, New Jersey, but they were so good. Well, you can find treasures. I know. So shout out. Treasures everywhere. (laughs) The Howard Street Ramble. Great band. Mm. Great band. <laughs> like well, it sounds like we both had awesome weekends. Yes. So that's good. Yes. It was um, good. But now we're back at work. Yes. And correct. by the time everyone's listening, it's probably been a few weeks since Labor Day and you're yeah. definitely back at work. Sorry. So <laughs> now that we're all working, tell me about coworkers. Yes. Okay. So this article is actually like super complicated. So if anyone out there actually like looks up the articles when we post them, You'll start looking at this one and you'll be like, whoa, baby, this is really complicated. (laughs) But I'm going to boil it down to the basics because I think that's what's really most important about this article. Um, Mm -hmm. The article is called Coworker Support and Its Relationship to Allostasis During a Workday, a Diary Study on Trajectories of Heart Rate Variability During Work, which already tells you, yes, this sounds a little complicated, but I'm going (laughs) to cut through. Yes. And it's by... Anya Baithshi, Tim Valahines, and Thomas Rigotti. 
and it's in the Journal of Applied Psychology, and it literally just came out like yesterday. Hot off the presses. I know. We've been doing this lately. Mm-hmm. Hot off the we press. Have. I know. <laughs> um. So, yes. So that's that's what it is. Okay, great. Well, tell us the uncomplicated version of what happened. Yes. Okay. So basically what they're interested in is your body's ability to adapt to environmental demands. And that's allostasis. It's your body's ability to continue to adapt. Um, So what they are looking at is uh, heart rate variability as sort of a proxy for people's ability to adapt. And the way that they talk about heart rate variability is that it operates through the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems, which basically means that when you need to put more effort or energy into something in order to get through it, so you're in a more stressful time period or you're in a time period that requires more of your attention, your uh, sympathetic system kicks in and allows you to um, basically have a higher... uh, uh, nervous response within your system, which means um, your heart uh, can basically work together more synchronously uh, and more uh, uh, steadily, and it can beat faster. Uh, whereas when you're in a less uh, stressful situation or a situation that takes less effort, it allows you to have a uh, more of a slower pace so they talk about it like riding a bicycle like when you're going up a a hill you need to pedal more continuously and faster to get yourself up the hill whereas when you're pedaling down the hill you might coast a while and only have to pedal every now and again in order to keep things going and you might not need to pedal at such a steady rate um so maybe you pedal every maybe you pedal after five seconds and then again after three seconds and then again after 10 seconds uh depending upon what you need to get through that situation whereas up the hill you're like pedal 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 at a steady rate faster it works the same way with your heart when you're in a stressful situation you have to be able to like push 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 at a more at a more steady rate and more quickly Whereas in a less stressful situation, you can kind of relax. Things can be a little bit more variable and you don't need to be constantly pushing. So the ability of your body to sort of adapt by allowing yourself to accurately respond to the situation you're in through those different systems is what's called allostasis. And they're calling it more simply uh, than allostasis further down in the article, physiological resilience, the ability of your body to uh, take on and adapt to stressful situations. One other thing I'll add to that is part of that physiological resilience is your body's ability to efficiently deal with stress. So the better your sympathetic system is at being able to steadily push through and get you through that stressful time, the more quickly the parasympathetic system can kick in and start to bring you back to a state of relaxation. So Mm -hmm. if your body is better able to regulate itself, those systems work more harmoniously and you're better, better able to tackle stress and return to a less stressful state more easily. So let me take a guess here based on everything that you're saying and how I'm interpreting it, make sure I'm getting it right. So ideally, most of the time, I should be in a place where I have that variable heart rate, where the, the, um, 
where basically it's like every, you know, it's not a consistent pattern. I have that parasympathetic system working and it's not that up the hill bike, but the down the hill bike. That's mm-hmm. what I should be mostly in. And then if I am dealing with stress properly, then my up the hill is very short and sweet and concise. And mm-hmm. then I go back to being downhill as much as I can. Exactly. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Um, that's perfect. perfect. Yes. Um, and if you can't do that, um, your body has lower ability to recover and a higher ability to fall into um, negative health patterns. So, mm-hmm. for example, like you're more likely to have a heart attack if your body can't properly regulate itself out of those stressful times. Mm-hmm. Um And you're uh, more likely to have like, I mean, it's linked to all kinds of stuff, but even like earlier death um, Mm -hmm. uh, and other kinds of health related issues uh, that basically are caused by your body's inability to be resilient under times of of stress. And it has other um, more serious, like, like I said, earlier death um, or heart attack, uh, blood pressure related issues, higher cortisol, things like that, uh, which is the hormone Mm -hmm. that leads to stress. Um, and so it's important that your heart rate is working properly, um, in Mm -hmm. response to these stressful situations or else it has long-term negative effects. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, I mean, it makes sense, right? If you're working up, if you're on that bike going uphill all the time, your legs are going to give out at some point. And right. Fall right. Right. Back down that hill. Right. Um, so you need your heart to have those downtimes. Right. To have those breaks and to be efficient when it needs to be stressed, like when stress happens, but then to be able to get back down to kind of that, that calmer balance quickly. So you're not completely where you're wearing yourself out so you can go the long distance. Exactly. <laughs> instead of a short little path. Exactly. Yep. That's exactly right. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. So what this paper basically looked at was over the course of the day, when you are being supported by coworkers, how does that impact your body's ability to be able to operate in an allostatic way or in a way that allows you to be able to cope better with stress? Um, and the questions that they asked people were things like, did you perceive your coworkers as being um, supportive today? So just an easy kind of uh, measure of coworker support. To what extent do you feel people are being supportive to you? Are people trying to lighten your load when I have a lot to do? Things like that. So um, the way that what's interesting about this study is that they use a daily diary approach, which we've talked about before. But basically that means that they follow people over the course of a day. Um, And this uses an interesting um, method because over the course of five work days, they ask people to answer these questions about their coworker support, but they also um, had them use an ECG sensor, which basically gave information to the researchers about their heart rate throughout the course of the day. And they wore the device at all times from Monday morning until Saturday morning, except while they were showering or if they like went swimming or something like that, or while they were recharging uh, the device's battery and they all were supposed to recharge it at the same time 
um, so that they had the same kind of data from everybody. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so they actually were able to get 115 people to do this for five work days uh, and wear this monitor and fill out the surveys. Okay. That's really interesting. So, I mean, it makes sense. I was going to ask if they had to wear a monitor. Um, obviously they did. Um, mm-hmm. And ECGC is electrocardiogram. Right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So just in case people were wondering. Yes. Um, and so it's, it's monitoring more detail of a heart rate monitor than just like what you would do at the gym where it's like telling you your how fast your heart is beating but it's actually looking at like when you see on like a like in a movie or a show and you're watching somebody at the hospital and they've got like the little the the markers that's what it's doing it's doing all of that it's measuring like not only your beats but how they look like how big they are and all that good stuff yes because I do know um and this is probably too complicated for this but I know that there's something about the size of the beats as well mm-hmm. that matters mm-hmm. um, as well as the width the distance between them so yes. I because I remember when I was analyzing the data I was like <laughs> to look at the distance and the height yeah um, so that's why it's more detailed it's not just saying like this minute you had 60 beats per minute and the next minute you have you know 100 it's more looking at more detail with looking at the graph yeah that's correct and they did that obviously on purpose because they wanted to be able to really look at this variability um, in this, you know, in these measures and not just looking at straight heart rate uh, because there mm-hmm. is a difference between the information that this is giving them and the information that just like counting beats per minute would give. My mom is going to love this episode or hate this and call me and be like, so you got that wrong. Cause my mom is an EKG <laughs> or ECG technician, right? So she does these types of tests and yes. stress tests and all the things with the heart. So she's going to be like, actually, I'll be like, oops, sorry, mom. Or she's going to, or she's going to think it's awesome that we're talking about this. Um, that and could probably be true. Love shout out too. So hi mom. <laughs> hi. Hi, Mrs. Kabarik. <laughs> I hope we're not saying anything stupid. <laughs> but anyways yeah so anyways it's measuring the detailed parts to really get at how the heart is working throughout the day yes um and obviously having a whole week's worth of data is like amazing and probably gives them a lot more information about how each individual works in general which probably gives them more detail too yes and it's cool because um these kinds of studies are becoming more and more popular because it allows you in well, you know this, but I'm just saying this for the purpose of people listening. Like, like it gives you the ability to say this actually is causing that because you have so much data within each person on a mm-hmm. daily level that it's like, okay, you have such a stronger causal inference because you can be like, well, this happened and then right after that happened. And then after that thing didn't happen for a while, they went back to normal. Whereas in other studies, if you're like, okay, we measured – uh, workload on day one and on day two we measured happiness a lot has happened since you measured workload on day one and happiness on day two so you can try to get rid of as many things or control for as many things as you can to make sure that it's really due to what happened on day one but there's still a lot of intervening things that could have happened to change that relationship that's not due to what happened on day one whereas in this case you're able to be like okay this happened And then literally an hour later, this happened. And when this doesn't happen, then an hour later, that doesn't happen. So Mm -hmm. you're able to get a much closer 
relationship between what you think is causing something and the effect of it when you measure things on a daily level versus um, when you do them more spread out. Exactly. Yep. So this is a very intense study for the participants, but yes, great data for all of us. And yes. Knowing yes. what matters. Yes. And you need to pay people a lot of money to do these. I know because I'm running one right now and you have to pay people <laughs> a lot of money. Um, but rightfully so, because especially in this one, they're like wearing a monitor and stuff. I don't even want to know how much they had to incentivize people for it. Um, but anyway, so um, basically the results are pretty straightforward, but with regard to coworkers. And then there's one other thing that we need to talk about too, which is that they had another hypothesis that people's lunch breaks would allow them to take enough time to recover and get back into a state. So even if they were like, poor in terms of their ability to do this kind of physiological resilience when they were coping with work demands that during the lunch break they would return to a better state of physiological Mm -hmm. resilience so that was a general hypothesis that they had and then they also thought that people who um were just constantly in a more supportive environment would tend to have uh better um outcomes in general so it's sort of like the combination of both would maybe be best. Um, and then uh, either or uh, they were looking at which one is better or worse or whatever. So what they found is that, A, um, the lunch break effect is real. That, uh, yes, that people actually ended up having uh, their the ability to physiologically recover from stressful situations during the lunch break such that during that time, their uh, heart variability actually went to a more positive uh, pattern during that period uh, compared to when they did not take a lunch break. Um, so you are able to recover using some longer breaks during the workday and contribute to your overall physiological resilience by taking that longer break. So shorter breaks didn't tend to matter for this particular outcome, but longer breaks do. So That's taking kind of amazing. A, yes. Yeah. So like we've yeah. talked about this before. So it's basically supporting taking a break. And I mean, yeah, the yes. short breaks maybe don't do as much, but we talk about how people skip lunch all the time. And I mean, I'm guilty of it. So yep. time to re- bring back lunch, bring back. Yeah, lunch. absolutely. So the lunch break actually does help people um, in general. So regardless of your coworker support in general, it helps you to take a lunch break in order to return to this state of physiological resilience. But for people who had social support um, over the course of the workday, in general, uh, when they had higher levels of so- social support, they had a more stable um, and better ability to regulate their reactions to these stressful events and to return back to stasis than employees with low levels of social support. So for employees with low levels of social support, the only time during the day that they were able to reach those positive levels were during their lunch break if they took a lunch. But for employees with high levels of social support, they had better activation in this way throughout the course of the entire day. So while they still experienced a dip during the lunch break, it was a much lessened dip because they were closer to that stasis throughout the course of the day. Whereas Mm -hmm. for the people with low coworker support, the lunch break made a bigger difference, but that was only because they were much higher um, in terms of their 
being in a constant state of stress activation throughout the course of the day than people with mm-hmm. high coworker support. So it makes a difference for you to take the lunch break either way. But for those with low coworker support, it makes a particularly big difference. But that's just because they're particularly worse off uh, than the other group. Okay. So in other words, I my heart rate I'm going uphill more. Yeah. If I don't have my coworker support. Mm-hmm. So then that rush downhill is bigger because mm-hmm. I'll now I'm able to relax. So boom, I'm getting down there faster, but I have further to go. Yeah. Um, compared to the people that have the support, they might be going uphill, but the hill might not be quite as steep and they'll be able to kind of get back down a little faster too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or Absolutely. a little bit less of a down downward slope rather, not necessarily speed, but yeah they have less to go down to yes yep that's okay. correct that, that is makes correct. sense to me yeah and um most people's um lunch break uh was are between they varied but um the average was around 35 minutes so it doesn't even need to be that that long mm-hmm. in order to get the effect um so yeah, it's also important to know yeah, so so it's good for everybody to take a lunch break, but even more important than that in terms of making sure that you're maintaining your well-being um, over time because while it's good to say, okay, I've got this sort of chronic problem of not being physiologically resilient, but there's a way for me to deal with it by taking a lunch break, it's even better to not have the chronic problem. So coworker support yeah. is preferable, and then on top of it, coworker support with a lunch break is the best case scenario, but... Uh, and then if you have low coworker support, you should take a lunch break. If you have low coworker support and you're not taking a lunch break, that's basically like a chronic, uh, issue with no relief. So that's the worst mm-hmm. case scenario. So you're going uphill and you don't stop. You just exactly. keep going, keep going, keep going. And that's not fun. Exactly. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I think, you know, from a takeaway perspective, I mean, obviously no matter what, take a lunch, just do it. Do it mm-hmm. as much as you can. Yeah. Even 35 minutes, right? So you don't have to go out for an hour, two hours. Take a 30-minute break and help yourself get your heart rate where it needs to be. And then the other takeaway would be find a support system at work. If you don't have one, try to build one. Um, not always easy, obviously. But if you if you work in a place where that's kind of the culture to be supportive, then great. You probably already have that and can leverage that. If you don't you know, maybe trying to figure out how you could build a support system, you know, finding some people that maybe you're more friendly with, maybe talking, if you have a nice manager, talking to your manager about how to build a supportive team, how to get people to support each other um, so that you can create an environment where you're not as stressed out because you've got each other to lean on. Yeah. And I think also, you know, it's just like anything else. You don't have to start by saying, you know what, Every day from now on, I'm going to take a lunch break. Like maybe that's not possible, but don't let the days that you can't take it keep you from ever taking it. So even if you just say like, you know what? I never take a lunch break. So today I'm going to take one um, and maybe tomorrow I can't. But every day that you kind of add to that ability to be more well does make a difference. Like in the long term, you know, this this article brought up a lot of other research that shows that this uh, heart rate variability is really important for uh, predicting long term outcomes. And so 
every little bit that you can do to try to stave off those negative outcomes is good. So I think a lot of times people might like get themselves psyched out like, oh, uh, I can't take a lunch break, so I'm just never going to take it. Well, you can probably think about it differently. Like how how frequently can you take it? Like even if you can only do it twice, twice a week, that's better than zero times a week. Um, so I think that, you know, starting small and then maybe if you see the positive impact or you feel the positive impact, it'll encourage you to try to make the time to do it more frequently. But it doesn't need to be all at once either. I think sometimes mm-hmm. people can get intimidated by that idea, but it's it's you can take small steps towards it. Exactly. I totally agree. Just build your way up. Maybe you just do it on Fridays at first. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can start to try to add it in more often. Um, maybe you find those supportive coworkers and go to lunch once a week. So yeah. I'm sure that's even better. Then you can keep building those relationships. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe you're not in an environment where you're going to be able to find supportive coworkers. Maybe you're in a very competitive, cutthroat type of place. Um, then think about how you could supplement what is going on right you know you add a lunch break and then maybe you have a friend outside of work that when things are stressful you can text every once in a while right and trying to get some support somewhere maybe your spouse maybe your mom whatever it looks like yeah yeah just have somebody that you can just say like oh things are rough today and send a couple words and then if you get some encouragement back then maybe I mean this is obviously not in the research but I'm assuming that if you add a little bit of support it's probably better than zero so so thinking about little ways that you can try to increase both of those things over time you know maybe you don't text your mom every day when you have a stressful moment but maybe when you really feel like you need it you can do that or you can you know, create a habit with a friend that you know is also in a poor work environment. Maybe you guys talk about it and say that I will be your support through work. And now you guys are have each other's back during that yeah. time. So I think that there's little methods and things you can do to try to, like you said, build um, the, the practice to help yourself so that you can impact your heart rate positively um, while, you know, not you know, moving mountains to make it happen because it's probably unrealistic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's definitely true. Um, yeah. And I also think that if you are a coworker to somebody else offering support to people, or if you're a manager encouraging people to take time to help one another and not encouraging a competitive climate as opposed to a collaborative climate can make a big difference, not just for, um, your own health because you'll probably get some of that back, but it helps your employees to be able to recover better over time and not burn out. So this is a long-term physiological impact of these things. So if you want your employees to continue to be happy and healthy in the years to come and you want to be able to have them around if they're really good, then you should invest in their long-term physical health um, because otherwise they might not be able to perform at all um, and or you mm-hmm. know to be part of your team. Um, so I think it's really important to think about that also. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot that leadership and management can do, and I think that's always the case, right? You can always influence if you're in a leadership position. Um, so try to build that supportive culture if you can, and then, you know, trickle it down. Make you know, end up if you're able to. If you're a manager at you know maybe a mid level, and you're seeing that building a supportive culture within your team is helping and you want to try to get that to be a broader organizational movement, then you can try to move, you know, work that up too. So mm-hmm. I think that there's 
you know, just like with everything we've talked about, I think that there's ways that you can try to influence people to get to the environment that is most beneficial. Mm-hmm. And um, so take what leverage you have and try to use it for the for the benefit of all. Yeah. Um, you know, I, obviously, I don't think that anybody wants their employees to have a heart attack. Um, no. If you I do, then you're probably then not you, listening to our podcast and you're you beyond suck. help anyways. <laughs> Then you're yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah. Then you are a problem regardless. Yes. But um, so I think that, you know, just thinking about it in these health, I mean, this is a big issue, right? That we come across is why should employers care? Well, I think if you're, people start to realize that they want to care about physical health because they want their employees to physically be able to be at work. Um, so, you know, we know that other types of wellness are important as well, but this is a good example of how it can impact whether somebody's even physically able to be there. Yeah. And I also think it's just a good reminder because our work does impact our physical health. And a lot of times when people get busy um, or stressed out um, at work or just stressed out because their partner's stressed about work or whatever, things are going on. One of the first things that we try to push off or that people tend to push off, I think, is physical health. Um, and making sure that you're keeping up with your doctor's appointments, getting checkups. Like it, maybe you're, you've been stressed out for years and you've been in a bad environment. Like you can't go, you can make things better moving forward, but you can't erase the damage that that's done quickly. So like, how do you pay attention to that and make sure that you're healthy today and able to move forward um, more Mm -hmm. positively? Like that requires keeping up with your health. So I think it's also a really important reminder for everybody. Like, don't push off your doctor's appointments. Um, make sure that you keep a regular schedule and, you know, seeing medical professionals that can help you keep tabs on your health. Like people often push it down the line. And then when something serious happens with their health, they're like, oh my gosh, like how did this happen? But yet it's been off their radar for a while. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really important to just also keep in mind as a reminder that your work does impact your physical health and it's not something that you should ignore um so I think just as a like PSA it's important for people to (laughs) if you haven't been to the doctor for a while use this as your reminder Uh, maybe someone out there needs to hear it you know book those appointments keep those appointments and don't push them off because um, especially if you're stressed at work that's the best time to go check on it because it's the highest likelihood time when something's probably physiologically not going as well as it could Mm -hmm. I totally agree it's so important to keep those appointments. Um, and from an employer perspective, it's important to allow your employees to go to those appointments. Yeah. Um, cause I think that sometimes can be a struggle too. It's like, well, when do you have time to do it? Right. Um, before or after work. And then those appointments obviously are ones that fill up as quickly as possible. So sometimes you need to go in the middle of the day and p- employers need to be okay with that because yeah. of this, all the reasons that support is important kind of ties into here, right? You want to make sure your employees are healthy. So Totally. If they have to go to the doctor, let them go to the doctor. Yeah, I remember I saw Marshall Goldsmith um, speak like years ago. And he talked about how um, when he coaches executives, he tells them to get a buddy and they have to do the three question system. Every morning uh, before the workday starts, he makes the buddies call each other. So it can be like another executive or just a friend or somebody, but he makes them answer, ask and answer three questions of the other person. Um, what are you going to do today to make sure that you're happy at work? What are happy and feeling a purpose at work? 
What are you going to do today to make sure you're happy and feeling a purpose in your life? And what are you going to do today to make sure that you continue to be happy and have a purpose from your physical health perspective? And, mm-hmm. um, and so like he would be telling these people like, you know, going to a doctor's appointment is something that you need accountability on. So I'm going to make sure that your buddy holds you accountable. So they would talk about not just work stuff, but also life stuff, physical health stuff, because his contention was if those things are out of whack, there's no way your work can be the best it possibly can be. So, Mm -hmm. um, or it's not sustainable for your work to be good, even if it's good today. And you might be like, no, I'm performing fine. It, it's going to come to a halt at some point. So, Mm -hmm. um, those were his three pillars, work, life, and health. And, um, I think this article points to one of those uh, here as being important. We've talked about others before, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, it really comes down to work and health, because if you're a supportive climate, that generally you're yeah. better at work, too. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we're, I mean, they're both all three are incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I do. I do agree. This is a PSA to go make sure you're keeping track of your health. Go to the doctor, um, especially for the men folk out there, because yes. they tend to be the least likely to go statistically, yes. especially under 30 or around the age of 30. Once they start getting older and start having problems, men will go to the doctor. But before that, yes. they don't. And yep. preventative care is super critical. So absolutely. I'm just, putting that out there because yeah it's important absolutely <laughs> women tend to be a little bit better but we're not always great so not to let women off the hook but yes um men tend to be the more likely to avoid it so yeah go, go to the doctor totally and um as a final uh thing also um these chronic issues of coworker support you know, if you've been thinking about making a career move and you have some options available to you to be in a more supportive environment, that is less of a Band-Aid solution. Um, but if you are in an environment where you're not able to make those moves and you don't have that support, just at least try to make sure that you're taking some time for yourself every day to try to return yourself to that point where you can recover and recuperate and, uh, you know, do some midday healing of the damage mm-hmm. that's being done before and after. Yeah, agreed. And I do, I honestly think that if you're looking for support in in a work environment, even if it's really, really rough, you could probably find one ally somewhere, go to a different apartment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's, there's, you know, people, there's plenty of good people out there. So I'm sure that somebody within the organization, unless it's like a company of like three, you know, if you're in a bigger organization, you could probably find an ally somewhere. Yeah. So try to find that ally if you have the time, because then at least you'll have a little bit of support. Um, even if it's not, you know, dramatic, you're probably not going to be at the best situation ever, but maybe you can find one person out there to just kind of be there for you when you need them and you be there for them. Definitely. I like it. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing this article. Thank Um, you for listening. It is very interesting to talk about physical health in a different way than we typically do. So I appreciate that. I'm glad that this kind of research is being done. So yay. Thank you. Me too. Um, And thanks to the authors too. Yes. Yeah. Hot off the presses. Things are are moving in the right direction in terms of research. It's burning my um, fingers. It's so hot. It's so hot. But um, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. Um, Any insight into this or, you know, anyone like my mom that wants to correct us for butchering things (laughs) about (laughs) 
heart rate variability, let us know. Um, we'd love to hear from you, both positive and critical, <laughs> if it exists. Um, you can find us at workerbeing.com. You can email us at workerbeing at gmail.com. And we're on social media at workerbeing. Thanks for listening. The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabara and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.